name is Bear Siragusa, and you are listening to the Hunting Hound Podcast presented by W Hunting Supply. to do this for one for a while we've uh we've talked about it for a while been saying we should get back and do another one of these because a lot's happened since the last time we talked yeah it's been a little while right what was that that was a year year and a half ago like a year and a half ago because that was for sure that was before you got <clears throat> i think that was before you got dude and juanita I feel like I had just got them. I had just got them because I remember telling the story about the breeders saying, uh, do you want to instead? Oh, maybe that was it. Maybe they were real yeah, little, no. like bitty little. Yeah. 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 That was real quick before we go into dogs, if you don't yeah. mind. Uh, we are recording, so I want this on record. That's why I asked. Poirier or Gaethje? Oh, dude. Oh, that's a good one. That's that's a good question. I my gut says Poirier. I think Poirier is gonna get him because I, right. I think that Gaethje's getting ready to walk away. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, I was hoping you would disagree with I, me, but uh, I, yeah. At the but same, Gaethje's probably my favorite fighter. Gate Gaethje's probably my favorite yeah. fighter. So I hate it, but I love. I hate the fight, to be honest with you. I do, too. I'm very excited, but I hate the fight. They're just both too tough. You know, there's no way it's not ugly. I mean, it's it's going to it's going to be it's going to be the fight of the year, but it's going to be one of those like uh, Rory McDonald, Robbie Lawler fights that it's just like it's going to be fight of the year. But, the oh, right nobody's going to want to see that. Nobody's going to want to see that. No. No. And it's uh, no. so, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think. Sorry, I didn't want to hijack. I didn't want to hijack the oh, podcast. Okay. I just had to get it for sure, man. To get your take for sure. It's yeah. so. I mean, yeah, we talk about so much that's happened, but so much has happened in the MMA world as well. It's unbelievable. <laughs> like Francis <laughs> signing yeah. with the Professional Fight League PFL, and yeah. now he's fighting Tyson Fury. Fury. The heck is that? Yeah, man? that's gonna go bad. Oh, he's yeah. he's gonna get. But that's the crazy thing with these big heavyweights, man, is that you can have those crazy upsets. Yeah. You know, I don't think... John Jones is back. Yeah. John Jones is back. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I'm still kind of on the fence yeah. about that guy, man. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. The guy is a thug. He's just like... Yeah. He's just a thug. Yeah, I don't think he's a, not a good person. It doesn't seem like it. But this, um, but I mean, right now there's nobody in the heavyweight division that can do anything about him. He mm-hmm. just, I mean, he just legit just smoked Cyril Gain. Yeah. And uh, who's it? Uh, Sir uh, Pavlov Pavlovich? Who's the new fella that's knocking everybody out? You got like 16 first round knockouts or something. Pat, right. Um, yeah, he just That's screwing up his Yeah, mind. he just fought last weekend again, didn't he? No, that was Aspinall. Uh, Tommy Aspinall, the English fella. He's, look, no, he's looking pretty uh, sharp. I want to say maybe Polish. 
Yeah, yeah, he looked good. He's looking pretty sharp. So yeah. now it'll it'll be interesting to see. You know, I was hoping that uh, I was really hoping that Gus um, was going to hit his stride again and maybe move up to heavyweight and see what you know a full big Gus could do with uh, John Jones, but yeah. you know. Gus struggled with those big, those real big guys. He was he was fine with John, but once you got those like little mm-hmm. super strong guys, he mm-hmm. he you know he hung in there, but you know he uh, you know he shouldn't have lost to Toshera. Mm-hmm. That's not a fight he should have lost. Yeah, yeah. But but Gus is uh, I follow Gus. Gus is a houndsman. Yeah, yeah, he got. Does he have a few of the? Uh, does he have a few Leicas or something? I think he's got a couple of Leicas, and then he's got a couple of plots. Okay. Yeah, like yeah. big game plots, which I mean, yeah, yeah. nobody okay. knows, which is the craziest thing because it, it's the funniest thing because like people I talk to in the states who are big UFC fans are and also have hounds are like, what? He's got hounds? That's crazy. He's actually got a show here. Like he's got a hunting show here in Sweden. Oh wow, that's crazy! Yeah. I wonder if the I wonder if the UFC asked him to keep that kind of stuff quiet. Maybe you would want you wonder a little bit. Yeah, I doubt it. Dana's not telling anybody that kind of stuff. So yeah, probably I mean, all not. the shit that Connor does, and then like all the exactly. all the stuff yeah. that um, I, uh, like Cowboy Cerrone Colby. gets into. Yeah, Colby gets into. It's like yeah, you know. I take back what I said. I'm sure that they did not. Yeah. yeah. No, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be exciting. A lot's a lot's yeah. happening. I think the greatest, um, one of the greatest of all time, just retired. I think Amanda Amanda Nunes was one of the greatest of all time. Definitely the female goat. I, oh no, hands I, down. I, I argue with people. I argue with people about the. Uh, I don't. I hate goat talk. I don't get into it. But uh, I mean, like. The uh, the cyborg win and the Ronda win, like those are my favorite upsets. Those are a couple of my favorite upsets in history. Oh, like, my favorite! The cyborg one was exciting. Man. Yeah, the cyborg one was yeah. crazy. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that she took she took the two people who were not like at one point in the discussion for the goat were like they were the discussion for goat, and just yeah. manhandled yeah. them. I mean, just yeah. plow. I mean the the disrespect was just unbelievable. Yeah. You know, just yeah. walked right up to Ronda Rousey and just, just obliterated her. Oh. And then stood there for two years and two, you know, three years, three, three or four years, actually, at this point, in two divisions and took all comers. Yeah. And just, that was like, she, yeah, that was crazy. It was yeah. crazy. I don't think she's a houndsman. I don't think so, but she's hard enough to like, though, even as a person. Yeah, she's pretty like. Yeah, she's just like, I'm doing yeah. my own thing. Yeah. You all can yeah. like it or not like it. Yeah. There's very little posing, which I appreciate. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of Colby. Speaking of Colby, yeah. <laughs> oh, Colby. 
Yeah. No, it's going to be interesting. I think I think Usman is going to come back and take back his title here in two seconds. Off of uh, Leon. Leon's getting ready. Does Leon have something booked? That probably. Yeah, I thought Leon had something booked. I forget. But he caught like he caught oh, Usman well. hard. So like Usman is, I think he was on a medical suspension for like a long time. Yeah. Because he caught. I mean, he when he caught him, he caught him hard. I mean. And, yeah. Uh, you know that whole thing strikes me. To me, that was the biggest upset in the uh, in that division since Matt's <laughs> Matt Sarah caught <laughs> GSP. Yeah, GSP sleeping. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I think it's about the same result. GSP like GSP came back and just like basically tore Sarah in half, and I think that's gonna what's gonna happen with Leon. Yeah. Usman's just gonna go yeah. in there and just obliterate him. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's funny. I don't know. There's a couple of other. I guess there's a couple of other pretty solid up and comers in that division. That's always been the the division, though. Like it's uh, in terms of just like man eaters. That's been the division. That welterweight division has just been gnarly. The level there is yeah, so dudes. high. Yeah, I feel like that over the years, though, that that man eater division has been going down. The weight has been going down. Mm. Like then it was 55, you know, with the Khabib area. And now like some 145ers like Volk and, and and some of them dudes at 45, man, are really tough. So, you know, the competition is steep in that division as well. When so. You've got guys that weigh significantly less than our wives. That are capable of yeah. <laughs> that are capable of knocking out, knocking each other out, are hard yeah. enough hitters to knock each other out. Like I remember yeah. when they used to talk about um, like the featherweight division and the the bantamweight division, and be like, you know, this these are the divisions where you see the real skills, where it's it's the big game. They're not big enough to knock each other. Like I remember Rogan saying shit like that. Like these guys don't have the power, and then, to, you, and then you got guys like, yeah, TJ TJ Dillashaw that just came in and just tore people's heads off. Man, I love TJ. He was good. Then you got people like Rose Namajunas knocking out Joanna and knocking out Zhang Weili. It's like, wait, you can do it at one fifteen as a female, <laughs> right, exactly. You know, oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable. So, welcome to UFC Unfiltered here with Bear Sarah. Right, exactly. Yeah. We're, just yeah, Bear Siragusa, Stephen Kikta. We're just gonna <laughs> we'll break it down for you. But the funniest thing yeah. I saw, I saw, I had this like, I still pay attention to it, but clearly not well enough because I, I saw recently that uh, that Andre Arlovsky just booked his ne next fight. How long has that guy been active? Yeah, that's crazy. I watched. I forget the numbers. I watched but... him knock out Tim Sylvia. For the heavyweight title in 2000 i watched that live in college in 2004. is he wearing the mouthpiece did he have the, he had mouth the, mouth, with the, the mouthpiece with the fangs yeah 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 <laughs> oh god 
That was uh man, that was crazy. Crazy, crazy yeah. times. Yeah. Crazy times. Yep. But anyway, I, I we probably have like one listener left at this point. But uh yeah. that's all right. It's good times. So three left. Three three left. You, me, and one, you know, one other person. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So but yeah, last time I talked to you, you had, I guess, you just gotten those pups, dude and Juanita. Yes. And now you've got a bunch of pups. Uh, Baracho? Yeah. So I had, uh, yeah, I had probably had just, I had Baracho, Tigre, and Nairit, all three plots. Um, Nairit was, didn't really make it. She went back to the breeder and was replaced with Dude and Juanita as eight-week-old pups. So, you know, they got to be, they must be pushing two right. now. So, yeah, whatever. I guess that was a year, year and a half ago. So they're pushing yeah, up on two. Yeah. Yeah. And you got um, you got a bunch of pups now. Yeah. Or have they gone well, to homes two. at no, this point? I only kept two. Yeah. You only kept two. Okay. Yeah. I, I had 11. And, uh, of course I'd love to keep them all, but, uh, just where I live at, like, you know, people say, Oh, why aren't you keeping more? Why'd you sell that young dog? And I'm like, you don't understand my living situation neighbor wise and all that. Then they come to my house and they're like, Oh, I can't believe you have hounds <laughs> at all. Like, how do you even do this? You know? Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, I understand why you couldn't keep the whole litter, you know? Right. Right. So right. as those puppies were. As those puppies, I had 11, and as they were like, you know what it's like, five, six weeks old when they're screaming at the top of their lungs when they're at their worst, mm -hmm. uh, my neighbors were just finishing up the beautiful in-ground swimming pool they built, maybe 40 feet from my kennels. Gotcha. <laughs> so uh, it was an absolute nightmare. <laughs> wow, that's that sucks. Yeah, it's hard to... It's hard to live in an urban setting with dogs. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I knew a guy. I knew a guy who had a competitive sled dog team in his backyard in a brownstone in Boston. Yeah. And to load up his truck, he would need to illegally park on the street and run his dogs through his living room out the front door to his brown to his uh of his brownstone what two at a time or what yeah like he would just like just run yeah. them you know yeah grab each grab a collar in each hand and just run through his house yeah yeah that guy was yeah nice. it makes life far more miserable yeah i wish i didn't Absolutely. live here but i do yeah yeah i gotcha gotcha well, how are um, how are those pups? How old are they now? The puppy puppies or dude and Juanita? Uh, the puppy puppies, I guess. Dude and Juanita, the you just said we're about two, are... closing up on two here. Yeah, they were born four twenty. The puppies were so. Uh, uh, three months old. Yeah, a little over three months old. Did so, you name them? Did you name them appropriately no. based off of the <laughs> no. uh, the date they were no, born? No, I did not. My wife tried to. We tried a bunch of different names. Uh, Cheech, Cheech and Chong, or uh, yeah, yeah, Snoop, Snoop and Willie. 
<laughs> yeah, they were bong and all kind of other different stuff, but uh, yeah, they uh, yeah, they are Woodrow and oh Janie, yeah. Um, I was oh, really cool. pounding yeah, my lonesome, wife at the lonesome time. Dove. Oh, I was on a hard lonesome dove kick at the time. We were having Wi Fi troubles, so we would put DVDs in at night because the Wi Fi was so bad. And uh, cool. I mean, just it was lonesome dove every night. I just pounded my wife with it. Oh yeah, she, lonesome she, dove, so yeah. good, so she's, good, unbelievable. She started out hating it. Now she's, uh, you know, it grows on you. Now she's all about it. Yeah. She's all about it. Yeah, uh, they're acting good. I really like them. You know, they're uh, good acting. You know, I take them everywhere and you know load them in a the truck, and they're they're doing good with all the stupid puppy stuff. You know, yeah. I I, I need to get back to the. Uh, I was trying to do some of the uh, imprinting stuff that Heath Heath Hyatt was talking about. Heath Hyatt mm-hmm. did a few podcasts about. Yeah, oh, yeah, and I I I. I when I say I was trying to do some of it, I mean I tried like twice and it didn't go good and I gave up. But I, I need to get back to that. I uh, I even sent Heath a video like, you know, like I'm sure Heath took it like, I'm sorry, dude. Like it didn't work the first time you tried it. I'm sorry, you know, try it again. You know? Right. He's like, who is this guy? Yeah. But I, I never messed with any scents or any drags or anything like that. So I had, you know, got a bottle of bear scent. I put like 15 drops of it on a towel and laid the bowl of food on it and let the dogs find it by accident. But they were so apprehensive. They were, they wanted no parts of that, that towel or that bear scent at all. And, right. Uh, Cause they were, they were just like little, little guys at that point. Yeah. 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 And I don't know why I, I thought, I thought it would be irrelevant to them. You know, I mean, I had a turkey burger sitting on top of this towel, but I didn't. I didn't think they would associate the scent with a large predator, you know. But maybe that sure. is the way it works, or maybe I just used so much scent that it like overwhelmed their. Maybe it was just bothered their, like, nasal passage, whatever, whatever you want to call it. There. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sensory overload or something. Maybe it was. I don't know, but it would be really interesting to find out because I, I, my kids are at the age where we're starting to watch old episodes of like MythBusters, things like that. Hmm. And we just watched an episode where they were trying to um, they were trying to see if any of the myths for distracting guard dogs worked. Mm-hmm. Okay. And one of the ones that they tried was um, was male wolf urine. Okay. That they sprayed all over themselves. And they had no faith that it was going to work whatsoever. But this, like, very solidly trained, um, like, Schutz and um, German Shepherd. Like, he ran in there ready to take him down. They had the, like, bite suit on and everything. And he, like, full-blown stopped and took a solid 15 seconds before he engaged. No kidding. And I cannot imagine that he has ever had any kind of contact with full-grown timber wolf like i just that's i can't just imagine primal. that's the case that's mm. primal seems yeah. like it. yeah my wife and i were talking it's... about that the other day with that uh like our i've seen it a few times and it's really bad like with our house dog jack russell now she's a jrtca you know she comes from a you know line of dogs that's been dug a lot you 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 can't even get a shovel out around that dog never been dug in her life just a house dog hmm. i wouldn't want to lose my wife's dog for her 
don't even don't even try to shovel snow don't let her see a shovel and i've seen it a few times with terriers and i can't imagine that it's not an absolutely genetic just right key for them you know it's pretty wild right yeah i mean well i mean if you look at videos of you know showing showing a border collie puppy for example sheep for the first time mm-hmm. they, they could be you know urban city border collie and they're all over the place typical kind of just like wigging out see the sheep and immediately go down into that stock mm-hmm. position and i mean that's it's so ingrained i, I mm-hmm. can't imagine that you know it's the same with the sled dogs putting them putting a harness on them they never seen a harness in their lives that's true yeah that's true. and they just lean right into it and start yeah. trucking you know a lot of yeah. them do so yeah it's just one of those you know it's it's got to be when it's been bred into them so hard it's got to be there's got to be traces of that left i should think yeah i probably didn't have that I probably had just gotten that border collie last time we talked to. Speaking of border collies, yeah, punch or punchy. Yeah, punchy. Yeah, mm. yeah, smartest dog yep. breed ever. Yeah. Oh, they're super smart. Yep. He was. Mm. Uh, you sent me a video like right afterwards of your plots playing and punchy just like sitting outside the fence, not being allowed to engage. Oh, it's it's horrible. It's his whole it's his it's his whole purpose in life. And I was being sarc- I, I I'm sarcastic when I say the smartest dog breed over because everybody's like, okay. oh my god, is he so smart? And that's why I got it. And you know, <laughs> being a you know watching Lonesome Dove too many days, you know. But oh sure. Um, that being said, everybody's like, is he the smartest? I'm like, he is. He is not only just a dog. He might be lower than average in intelligence when it comes to dogs. I'm like, he's, not, he's just a dog, man. He's just a regular ass dog, man. He's not that smart at all. Like, but what he thinks he's doing is, you know, he thinks he's the, the yards partitioned in half. There's the upper part of the yard. I know I've sent you a few videos. He mm-hmm. thinks he's keeping them up there, you know? And if they right. come by that gate, I mean, he, he, he lets them know that they need to stay behind that gate. But if I actually open the gate, he just like, he backs off because he. I think he knows his. Uh, he knows his limits. You know. He yeah. knows which side uh, of the fence he's on. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. That's funny. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's. I. I think it's. You know, and you and I talked a bunch about this the last time. The value because you and I have the, that a little bit in common is we've trained so many other types of dogs mm-hmm. before we got into the hounds. Mm-hmm. That it, it, you know, that I think in some ways, and you know, we talked about it, but in some ways, it's like we came into the hounds pr- probably with some bad habits, mm-hmm. but also we came we came into the hounds bringing maybe a little bit of a different perspective. Yeah, and definitely. I, definitely. I, I do think that there's a value. I, I know at least I lean heavily on my the experience I had training obedience and sled dogs and sheep dogs and things like that. It's probably one of those uh, you don't realize how much maybe you don't realize how much you're bringing with you that is such great information and you also don't realize how much you're bringing with you that doesn't apply and it's actually the exact opposite of what you think you know. Right. 
like I said something recently, you know, online or whatever. I said, you know, when I had beagles, I thought I knew something about coonhounds, you know. And then when mm. I had coonhounds, I was like, oh, I, I, I was wrong. And then I, but I thought I knew about bear dogs, you know. They're just a big stinky. How hard are they to catch? You know what I mean? Like I thought I knew. Right. You know, I don't. If this dog don't tree, you know, this coonhound won't tree. It'll make a great bear dog because you can see the bear in the tree, and they'll all tree on a bear. Right. I was wrong. You know what I mean? <laughs> then I thought I knew about bobcat, and I'm like, you know, oh, you know, bobcats this or that, and oh, I was I was wrong about that. You know, right. half of what I brought with me didn't apply. I don't right. know. The more you it, the this... more you learn, the re more you realize you didn't know. Right. I mean, that's that's at least yeah. True, truer words have never been spoken. That's at least how, you know, I, I've got, you know, I, I could train a good dog team, but I have yet to fully finish a very good hound. Yeah. Well, that's I'm sure that's other life commitments and location that's causing that. You would do just fine, I'm sure. I mean, that's, potentially, that's, but mm, I don't think that's maybe. You know, I put quite a bit of my time into it, and I'm also based on what I'm trying to accomplish. The location that I'm in is is pretty good. You know, if I was if I was hunting bears or something, it, it would not be not be ideal. But you know, trying to finish a foxhound. You know, I've got this this running walker that was actually my first hound. You know, Virpi is just... I was going to say, don't make me do my Swedish accent. Because I yeah. know how it's spelled, <laughs> and I know how it's supposed to sound, but sorry, I didn't know how to do it. But I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, Virpi. Virpi. Yeah. Uh, so she's, she's turned out to be, like, inexplicably, after all of these years of just me being like, ah, I need a better dog than this. You know, when I first got her, I was like, ah, this isn't good enough. I need to get another dog. She's explic inexplicably become my, you know, I'm standing here now five years later, six, almost six years later. Mm -hmm. And she's, she's my main, she's my main dog. She's my go-to dog at this point. Okay. Um, which is cool. I mean, I, I, it doesn't bother me, but you know, at the same time, she's got qualities that are, I'll never get her over. And, mm -hmm. you know, I was getting real close with Dan. Dan was a better, Dan was a better fox dog and badger dog than anything I've run before or after. With the, probably actually, with the exception of Eric's, Eric Partolo's dogs. Okay. Um, uh, his dogs are something else, but Dan was, I mean, just blew everything else I've hunted with out of the water. Um, as far know, as track speed, as far as hunt drive, as far as just everything. I mean, he was just his, he was crazy right? cold nose. He was crazy cold nose. So I could start, I could start. You know, I could start him on a track, but both Buzz and Vietby are kind of the running types. And they'll frequently blow out a, you know, blow out a turn, you know, just that they'll just mm -hmm. keep trucking for, mm -hmm. you know, 20 yards, 30 yards mm -hmm. before they realize they've lost it and go back and have to kind of work a little bit. And then they'll, you know, they, they lose it on the check and have to do some work. Mm -hmm. 
Dan, I could put him on, like I walked him past tracks that were snowed in and it hadn't snowed since the day before. And he like ditched me, went back to that track and after 30 minutes of grinding, oh, you know, got it straightened out and, you know, denned that fox. Yeah. You know, so he had, he had just great ability to navigate uh, obstacles had no issues jumping over, you know, jumping over fences, no issues crossing rivers. Like he was just super, super solid. Now you obviously have an affinity for the plots. Do you, do you I'd, consider, uh, being your main game being Fox? Do you consider, uh, you know, just sticking with the running walkers? Why mess with the tree dog? Like the plots? Do you, uh, do you have thoughts on that? Um, I asked that because I've messed around with plots on coyotes, you know, which were when I've run them before with running walkers, you yep. know, had issues. Had them, I've had plots blown out of the water by running walkers before, you know. Yeah, it's it's tough, man. You know, because I I love the plots. You know, it's it's just a. I, I love the history. I love the people. Mm -hmm. I love mm -hmm. the blurred breed. I love how they look. I love how they act. I, I really love the plots. Yeah. Um, you know, Dan, Dan was something else because he brought sort of some of those stereotypically, those stereotypical negative aspects yeah. that people will, t will talk that. <sighs> that people will talk about, you know, mm -hmm. the people that don't really know the breed will say, Oh, I've heard they're aggressive or I've heard they're, you know, trashy or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I say, well, that's not the case. But then, you know, I had Dan who was both of those things. Yeah. You know, so he was just kind of like living up to the, you know, setting his, setting his people back a thousand years kind of a deal. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, Stereotypes uh, are funny because they're true, right? Uh, sometimes, yeah, and you know what? What I liked about what I liked about Dan is that once he was on, once he was on something, he wouldn't he wouldn't switch off of that something to hunt okay. um, something else. Mm -hmm. When I had him, he wouldn't do that. He's doing that right now, which is which is too bad. But. Mm -hmm. um, And he, he was, he was fast enough. So he wasn't a pot licker. Okay. And he was fast enough to keep it exciting, mm -hmm. but he wasn't so fast that he was denning them after 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. You know, D Dan would open up early ish, you know, whereas Buzz, when Buzz was at his best, and Vitby has a little bit of the same quality. They're a little quieter on the trail. Okay. And they'll locate when they're more or less right on top of whatever they're running. Mm -hmm. You know, within within you know a, a hundred yards maybe of mm -hmm. what they're of what they're tracking. Then okay. they'll then they'll open up. Okay. Which is which is makes for some very explosive, very short races because the foxes don't realize they're being trailed at all. 
suddenly they hear something open up and they'll den immediately. Yeah. Which I don't like. A lot of guys like that. You know, a lot of guys with terriers will, you know, they, they'll love a dog like that who will den multiple, multiple foxes in a day. They'll go and throw some clothes over the, you know, the entrances to the den and then go back with a terrier on the second half of the day yeah. and, you know, blow those foxes out of there. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, it was the, it was the hunt, the, the sound of the hounds, the whole experience that I really, really appreciated. So Dan fit me better than either Buzz or VHP, but, um, I don't think Dan fit would have fit anybody else that I know over here. Mm -hmm. Specifically for that same, the reason he fit me, the reason he like we worked really well together is the same reason why he probably wouldn't fit uh, anybody else. Yeah, I hear you. I remember you talking recently about some of the issues you were having with him. Yeah, I did a yeah I did that podcast with the guy who took him, who took him, and he's. Uh, He's, uh, yeah, he, he agrees with me that there's more hunt in that dog, like ups, an absurd amount of hunt in that dog. Mm -hmm. And he's yeah. grittier than just, he's the grittiest thing I've ever seen. But, um, yeah, at this point he's kind of punking, punking John a little bit. He's, uh, running moose and kind of messing with him a little bit. I didn't hear the John episode. Actually, okay. I, yeah. I, I didn't get a chance to listen to that one. I, more recently, you were talking. You were talking about some of those issues. Maybe we're talking with Jason, maybe. Yeah, or Jared, Jason or Jared, probably. Yeah, we talked. I talked okay. a little bit to it Jared, was Jared about it recently. You're right. I'm yeah. sorry, Jared. That's who it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. but I think you know ultimately, ultimately the plots do have some qualities that I would. prefer not to have in a fox dog mm -hmm. um you know one of those qualities is that they're not necessarily hunting to catch mm -hmm. they'll they will hunt to catch on bear they'll hunt to catch on cats but neither bear nor cat are traveling like a fox will travel um, you know, so like Dan was a as good as he was, he was, he was never within until they got tired and denned. I, I would be surprised to find out that Dan was ever within, you know, two or 300 yards of what he was hunting. I had some races this winter and I don't want to call them races. I had some tracks or trails this winter. And even mm. this spring, you know, let's say maybe on bobcats, let's say maybe coyotes. And, you know, and like you said, I mean, I did four or five hours of a chase and I don't, I don't even know if we were ever jumped. And if we were jumped, we weren't, you know, now with trailing conditions, I can make excuses this day or that day. And then I get a couple road runners, you know, I was mm -hmm. having a lot of trouble with, you know, coyotes running roads up north and stuff, but, uh, Nah. What yeah. kind of speed what kind of speed do we have here, you know? Then you get one jumped and you get a heck of a chase and then they're right they're right behind it, ready to catch it, but Right. Do they are they are they do they need perfect conditions? You know? Are there dogs 
are, are they lower than average speed dogs that can only perform above average on in perfect conditions? You know, I'm not saying I'm not saying right. the breeds. I'm talking about my own dog specifically. When I'm hunting right. mostly only by myself, you know, I run bear with some other people. You see where your dogs are at in a pack, and you get to judge them. But when I mm. run, when you run mostly by yourself, it's hard to judge. It's hard to judge what your what your dogs are like. What kind of speed they have? Do they have a cold nose? You know, I don't know. Could another dog jump that game a lot faster? Right. Could another dog or, or would this dog have been the only one that could get that jump that day? When I had the dog that I'm using air quotes here, none of the other dogs could even smell it. And it was Baracho that got a jump. I don't know. You right. know when you're running by yourself. <laughs> right. That's the stuff you tell yourself when you're by yourself. It's like, oh, oh this is... Uh, my no, no one else could have done what we did today. Yeah, exactly. My, my Instagram <laughs> caption will reflect as well, you know? Yeah. No, but I, yeah. I wonder about that too. And I, I wonder a little bit, not about the plots specifically, but about the the plots that I that I have had. And I'll only speak of the, you know, I act like I've had a bunch. I, I definitely have not. I've got, I've had Dan. And now there's this pup, Amos, who uh, reminds me just in kind of how he is quite a bit of Dan. But he's mm -hmm. he doesn't have that aggressive streak. Okay. Um, I mean, Dan, Dan had that from like the second he got here and, you know, now Amos is eight months old and, you know, does not in any way have the aggressive streak. He's great mm -hmm. with people, great with kids, like no, no issues there whatsoever, which I appreciate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, at the same time, I do wonder a little bit, you know, whether they are, whether the plots are just slower period or whether you know we kind of need to make a distinction between like competitive coon hound plots and big game plots a hundred percent i'm glad you i'm glad you brought that up yeah yeah i agree a hundred percent you know considering i have what i have is mostly coon blood it's like is it you know, that's right yeah yeah pretty much well you know half pocahontas and i i i i hate that i'm not knowledgeable about it but i don't know how much eugene walker you know the pocahontas line i don't mm -hmm. know how much they're still being bear hunted he might he might catch a 300 bears a year i don't know but i know a lot of people are coon hunting on pocahontas dogs and mm. you know you're gonna see every range of opinions on them but so with my dogs being half redwood and half pocahontas i would consider them mostly coon dog bred dogs what i have here you know right so so right you know, and, and I, I look at, I, I kind of try to look at what I'm trying to do here. You know, I don't have an animal that's going to tree. I don't have, I don't have an animal that's going to bay up. You know, I don't necessarily need that in your face grit that's necessary for the big game dogs. You know, I, mm -hmm. I, I, I'll get out there and I'll hunt bear if I get the opportunity for it, but mm -hmm. You know, it's not something that it, that's never going to be my bread and butter. That's something that I'm going to, you know, if I'm lucky, we'll get to do once a year, I'd, like a, as in a day a year. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I, I kind of look at that and I look what other people around me are doing and I look at who's having success doing some of the stuff that I want to do. But not, not just that, but in the way that I want to do it. I don't want the I don't want that buzz type of dog that's going to be quiet you know, nothing's going to happen until he's right on top of the fox, mm -hmm. open up, 
mm-hmm. and two minutes later it's in the, it's in the ground. I don't, mm-hmm. I like, you know, I don't have any issues with terriers, but that's not how, that's not how I want to spend all of my time. I would rather have a good race followed up by a dig if I have to. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you know, I, I don't want to spend all of my time digging. And Buzz is like an all-your-time digging dog. Or was before. When I'm s- flaked. As I'm struggling trying to catch a bobcat, you know, uh, you know, last year, you know, and people come, you know, buddies or somebody online will say to me, well, so-and-so, you know, just caught one with a cur dog, you know. And it's like, yeah, I know, you know. Yeah. If that was if that was the end game, if the end game was catching bobcats here in PA, I wouldn't have wide open screaming out of the dog box pot lickers, you know. Right. And, and, and bobcats are gone, you know. I'd like to I'd like to try to develop, you know, the hounds that have the speed to catch the cats even while they're opening, you know, which I'm getting close. But uh, yeah, silent dogs are gonna, you know, you're gonna. That's probably the way to catch bobcats where I'm at here in Pennsylvania. You know, that's not my goal. Yep. My goal oh, is exactly. Bingo. I totally yeah. understand what you're saying. I'm in the yeah. exact same boat that, uh, if my goal is to put the most meat up a tree or in the, you know, in the ground, um, a plot would not be what I'd be going for. But, yeah. um, I, I enjoy running that type of dog more than the dog that's going to be a high producer mm-hmm. um having said that dan was that middle ground where he gave me the chases that i wanted but there was something about the i don't know whether it was the the the, the base in his in his ball or what what was going on there but they would den after 45 50 minutes most of the time okay you know i had some i had some you know epically long races but for the very most part he'd be on them enough so that they would den um you know so i you know my most productive dog with any or productive day with any of my dogs he denned four in a day which was you know so I mean he's he's still got the record here for the most the most foxes denned in a day, despite mm-hmm. being that sort of slower, more deliberate, no mm-hmm. make you know don't don't make mistakes kind of uh, trailing you know trailer. Okay. Um, but you know he was he was heavy. His coat was not you know he was kind of stocky. His coat was not even to be a hound was not good. Okay. So as soon as we started kind of getting into October, November, I needed to start thinking about like what, you know, what are his nuts looking like at the end of mm-hmm. a day? Yeah. Frostbite. Right. Yeah. You know, whereas the, some of the running Walker stuff, you know, like the running Walker female I've got, you know, there, she's going to be, she hates the cold, but she's, perfectly fine out there for days she looks she looks built for it she's she's fine you know she's she's got the the fur on her stomach and she's got the fur on her legs and you know she's got a little bit better fur around her ears and she doesn't have those big you know bloodhound ears that are going to get all frostbitten Mm -hmm. you know they're kind of high and tight and Mm -hmm. 
So I think, I don't know. I spend so much time in my own head. It's probably not healthy, but uh, I end up coming up with all these crazy schemes and things that I, uh, you know, I don't want to reinvent the wheel. Um, but I, I read try. books. Well, I want to talk to you about that. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. you know, the what I've got rolling in my head right now is that I was originally going to breed Vitby. Originally, way, way back when, to another running walker who I'd hunted on and liked him a lot. He, she never came into heat for years, like hopped over heat cycles for years. Really, really mm -hmm. hard to gauge. Mm -hmm. um, so he, that dog passed away. And then I was going to breed her, I was hoping to breed her to another dog that ended up getting cancer and um she, you know her heat cycles are still really weird so i now i now have this kind of like i don't know i've been reading a little bit too much slash ranch hounds mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh a little bit too much dub evans and i'm like well maybe we're running hound and plot maybe i'll get the best of both worlds here yeah How's that, that was, for a segue? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, Tell me about your puppies. <laughs> well, that was kind of, you know, this, to go back to the beginning, we were talking about a little bit ago, you were talking about what you plan to mostly run and, you know, not being having any tree game as far as what line of plot would work for you. You know, you didn't really need the, the locating ability or any of that. When yeah. I was first looking to get my first plot, um, a, a guy told me, he goes, if you, if you're going to mostly run coon, man, you gotta, you gotta really choose your words carefully with the plot community. So I'm kind of trying to watch what I say here, but if you're going to mostly run coon, at least have half of what, you know, what you would call, I guess, coon dog blood, you know, make sure you have that locating ability. You know, you might oh, be yeah. disappointed. You know, my, my original thoughts were be, I would coon hunt, you know, 50, a hundred nights a year. And I would three times a year ride down to West Virginia and let the dogs, you know, pack in with some other bear dogs. You know, I'm like, that would be the coolest thing ever, you know, for a coon hunter from Pennsylvania to, to let your dog in on a couple bear races. I was like, this would be amazing. You know, so that was yeah. my original tension. And that's why I ended up with the coon dog, red dogs. Like I did now it's turned into it currently over the past two or three months, I've kind of decided to stop running coon at all whatsoever. Why, why I have, that's a whole nother topic. Mm. Um, it rhymes with schmiotes. But, uh, <laughs> but we, we, we can get into that yep. if you'd like. But uh, oh, yeah. love, I might so, need to refill my drink before we get into that, uh, before yeah. we get into that topic. But yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I was struggling a little bit. Um, seemed to be doing more trailing than I was doing catching mm. on bear and bobcat. I had a rough bobcat season. Our bobcat season, the actual harvest season is only three weeks long. Sorry if I'm rambling wow. here and if, if I'm not answering the original question, but no, please. I, I this is this is the rat. My podcast has been referred to as the Down the Rabbit Hole podcast. Okay, so go go for okay rabbit hole away. So the bobcat season here is only three weeks long, and we don't have a great population. 
Um, okay. I can't even harvest them here where I'm, I'm at, where I'm at. I got to drive about two hours North to even get into a unit where you're allowed to harvest them. And the population isn't great. So you're kind of relying on snow. So I had a lot of decent chases this year, but really the last week of the season, we had good snow. I got in with a fellow in a really good location and man, we just had some amazing races. Uh, cool. Just like this is what I this is what I've been trying to do. You know, we're shooting at bobcats. You know, we're running multiple bobcats. We're running a couple mm-hmm. a day. You know, and and cool. I was really enjoying it, but I still didn't think the bobcats would get in the mountain laurel, and then plots were just poking, poking, poking in that mountain laurel, and I was just mm. frustrated. And I just uh, I need speed. I need faster dogs to push these cats, push them up a tree, push them in a hole or push them out of this mountain laurel. I just felt like mm-hmm. what I lacked more than anything in my admittedly coon dog bred plots, mm. or at least half coon dog bred plots, I just felt like I needed speed. So mm. I uh, I don't know, sorry, if I had access to faster big game bred plots, that would have mm-hmm. been the route I would have went. Hmm. I, I, I asked around a little bit. I didn't ask the right people enough times, I guess, or I, I didn't have the right relationships made. Yeah. I decided to go. I decided to go with the Kemp dogs. And uh, mm-hmm. I heard I heard enough people say to me, I heard enough people say, man, when I added this blood, I went from trailing to catching. And yep. that week after Bobcat season, when, my, when I made my decision on what I was going to breed to, it was just like, it was like someone was talking to me, you know, it was like right. they were saying it just to, they were describing my story. So can I, uh, can I ask a quick question when yes, you sir. were, when you were like killing it, it was going like you wanted it to multiple Bobcats a day where it was that with Kemp Were you, no. did you have some no. Kemp, Kemp no. stuff there right then? Or was it no. just like your dogs, just everything was clicking? That was Baracho dude and Juanita. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I felt like they could be going faster. We, we were we were running right. bobcats. We were getting shots at bobcats, but I wasn't catching any. Right. I was spending a lot of time trailing. Which, right. You know, it was good running for me and my little pack of plots, but I, I should I, I think I should have been doing better. Hmm. Okay. Once again, it's, yep. it's, it's, I've, I've, I've hunted in enough areas throughout the country to know that do not compare you or your dog to somebody from a different region. It's just... It's foolish. Uh, oh, I mean, I wouldn't. I've gotten into trouble for comparing myself and my dogs to my neighbor's self and his dogs, and so uh, yeah. No, no, I don't I, mean. I, I don't mean. I don't mean putting another person's dogs down. I mean, don't compare yourself. Like, right. I had I, people telling me, mean, yeah. "Yeah, you know, I had I had a friend. I was, I was we were kind of sharing coyote dogs back and forth, you know. And I had never hunted out in ag country out in Indiana, mm-hmm. out that way. He was from." And he's like, man, your dog, if you're getting a six-hour chase, man, your dogs ain't fast enough. You need faster dogs. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm like, I, I guess so. You know, you must be right. You're catching a lot more coyotes than I am. Then I get out there, and their woods are, you know, a 50-yard patch of woods and then, you know, a 400-acre cut cornfield, you know. It's right. all sight chasing. And I'm like, oh, right. now, now I'm done comparing myself to you and how you do out here. Right. Yeah, I'm right. not I saying, mean, and, go ahead, sorry. 
Yeah, no, I, I totally get what you mean. And it's, it's why, you know, a little while ago I said, and it's something that I always believed in with the sled dogs as well, is that, you know, I could, if you compare yourself to, you know, if I compared myself to another musher, another dog musher mm-hmm. who was doing what I wanted to do, was having success where I wanted to have success. There were a lot of guys that would then go and breed to that guy's dogs or that girl's, you know, gal's dogs. But I never understood that because what I want is I want to breed to dogs that are performing at a high level, doing what I want to do, but also doing it the way that I want to do it. Mm -hmm. And that was always a distinction that I made, right or wrong. You know, uh, a bunch of people told me I was full of crap, but you know, it, it eventually, I, you know, through kind of, I don't know, you could chalk it up to a blind mouse finding cheese, but it's, it's one of those things where, you know, by the end I had a team that I was really, really happy with because they were mm-hmm. doing what I wanted them to do, how I wanted them to do it. Okay. And I'm kind of trying to find that same, that same vibe, that same mojo with the hounds. Mm-hmm. As well, so I'm I'm interested in the you know I I was I I remember being I hope I will I I hope I'm accurate in my memory being like excited about and positive about this uh, this camp breeding that you did because it just seemed like it it just seemed like yeah do doing a breeding like that but doing it for the the right reasons, not because you thought that no one had ever done it before, but you're trying to find that dog that fits you. I have another, I have another, I, I was interested in your thoughts on this. I don't think we talked about this at all, but it was another reason I made the, the decision to do the owl cross. I decided mm. and, and why I kind of, yeah, I, um, been, you know, raising dogs now, whatever, 25 years or whatever. And we all mm. had this vision. I'm sure you envisioned the, uh, you know, instead of people saying the CV line or the Mackie line, um, was there a day you were thinking they'll be talking about the bear line, you know, <laughs> yeah. it wins the Iditarod, right? You know? Yeah. I mean, to, to a degree, there was, there were things that I wanted people to say about me, you know, the, that anybody would take my dogs and never go and win I did or I, I didn't necessarily think that was going to be the case. But what I wanted people to say about me and my dogs was that that guy had good lead dogs. Okay. And those dogs were unbeatable in bad conditions. Okay. And that's what I, that's what I got. Those dogs okay. could, those dogs could run the, feet off of i mean any other team i met um in real bad stormy conditions it was and it was just but i I get what you mean it's it it was that was the two things yeah i think i I posed that question wrong i posed that question wrong no but i wasn't trying i think i got it yeah no i i don't I don't think because I didn't finish my question. I I, uh, I didn't get the full thought out. That's my fault. Sorry. <laughs> I no, it's my fault. I, I I I when I realized that living where I live in my four to six to eight limit hound limit, mm-hmm. 
yeah, I may have had visions of having an impact on the breed, you know, developing my own line of X plots or patterdales or beagles or bulldogs, whatever I had. Right. Like we all have, I always had those visions of, you know, developing my own line or having a major impact on the breed. And I was like, you sure. know what? I think my days of having an impact on a plot breed with my hound limit here where I'm at and the way I'm, you know, as many dogs as I keep, that's not going to happen. Right. I want to make some cool dogs right now. I'm not going to change the breed. I'm not going to develop my own line. So my realization that I don't want anybody to talk about, yeah, of course I want my pups to do well, but nobody's ever going to talk about, you know, Blackbeard's line of line of hounds. You know, <laughs> I just, let me just make some I cool mean, dogs here. Right. But that's the crazy thing though, right? Is that you never, you never know. Oh, it could be the Butch Jill. This will be the next Butch Jill breeding that changed the plot breed, you know? Right. Or, uh, I mean, what, was it Pioneer Drum or who, who's yeah, the, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, uh, anyway. yeah, Brandon, Brandenburg's drum, drum. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. No, but I mean, like, look at, look at the guys that are the absolute legends in this sport. And I mean, there's a bunch of them that ran, that had purebred plots, you know, or, or ran plots or ran walkers or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, um, but for every guy that had a specific breed of dog that they loved to run, you know, guys like, you know, uh, the plot, the entire plot family, Von Plot and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, legendary, legendary, you know, the Cable family, the, the legendary hound, houndsmen who had a specific breed that they loved. There's at the, there's for every one of those guys, there's going to, you're going to be able to find other people who have become legendary who had a mix who bred what worked for them and created something mm-hmm. that worked specifically for them. You know, the Dale Lee's, the dub Evans, the, you know, even some of these guys that are still, still alive and kicking advance and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and guys like that, that were, you know, tremendously mm-hmm. good, uh, houndsmen that, you know, I, I can't remember which one it, which one it said, you know, a, a good dog is colorblind. Yeah, I never seen a good dog that was the wrong color. That's right. That's right. Who was it that said that? I want to say it's Van Johnson. That's that could be. Yeah, that yeah. sounds like something who I, you would. Who I met at plot days and could not have been a nicer guy. Is that right? Holy oh, heck, man! Like I felt bad. Like that's I was like, so let good me to just hear. not bother this man. You know, he's a legend in the in the in the hounds. You know, he's been doing it his whole life and made a living. And I was like, and he wouldn't let me walk away. He's like, tell that's me about awesome. your dogs, and he's telling me stories, and I'm like, my God, this is that's yeah. awesome. That was pretty. Oh, that's, yeah, it was that's so good to hear. I I've had a couple of experiences, not in the hound world, thankfully, but uh, I've had a couple of experiences recently where i met like heroes and i was like ah oh, dude you're an enormous asshole like this is such a bummer to me you know? <laughs> but uh that's that's so cool to hear yeah i would love to that's a guy i would love to talk to that's a guy oh, i would love great. to have on the podcast his book is amazing i don't know if he's been on any podcast like i can think of any he was on I don't think he has if his, if, yeah. if his reaction, cause like when I first got into the podcasting and was just kind of trying to get, you know, get people on, I think, you know, I, I contacted him and he was just like, you know, thank hmm. you, but 
no way, Jose. Like he was just not not even a little bit interested in it at, at that point. Maybe something maybe has changed, you know. But um you know, I just did a podcast with a guy uh, last week and he said the same thing. He was like, yeah, kind of wore me down. Like I've, I've said no to so many of these things and figured I may as well just, I'll, I'll figured I would say yes for a change. Yeah. I think people are catching on that it's a thing though, right? Yeah, I think probably, you know, it helps to helps to have been doing it for a little while and not be just some random, you know, Random dog musher from Norway is like, hey, do you want to talk about your hounds? Yeah. So. But yeah, so you bred you bred that Juanita female. Yes. Yes. To a Kemp, a Kemp male. To, yep. To Kirk Price's uh, brother dog. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I shot him cool. a. Uh, I shot Kirk a message. I I was a little bit apprehensive. I, I kind of didn't expect him to be as. Uh, is welcoming and uh is you know as easy to work with as he was but he was like yeah mm. absolutely come on you know give it a try and just talking to him about how brothers performed for him um really cold nosed gritty mm. fast i mean kirk's one of the people who said i'm just telling you he said i went from trailing to catching when i mm. got brother and baby their litter mate litter mate uh you know, I think he had mostly pot liquor blood before that. I'm not sure mm -hmm. if Kirk started out with plots, too. I know his old partner from Untamed had started out with plots, but he said that, you know, once they started messing with them camp dogs, I really went to catch him. And right. uh, after after I did the breeding, that's when, I, you know, I started getting all the messages about how horrible the camp dogs are and they can't smell a, you know, they couldn't smell a bear in the Walmart parking lot and that. But, nah. Uh, I was really happy to hear that how cold nosed Kirk says uh, brother is. I like a cold nosed dog. I like cold trailing. I do too. I love to watch I a do dog too. cold trail for an hour and a half and then jump. You know, and yeah, that, that's neat. You know, I don't know about an hour and a half. That's a little bit long, but just I the like feeling to see a dog like you've, work you've earned it. Trail. You've earned it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I I get that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean. <laughs> That's, it's one thing I've found in the dog world, but all, you know, and uh, it rings just as true in the hound world as anywhere else, is that if I didn't have, if I didn't do anything, if I needed to have unanimous approval for everything that I did, I would never yeah. be able to do anything. I got you. I got you. You know, because every, like I, you know, I'll, I'll say... Uh, it's, I'm got a nurse's plot and people will like, I'll get a bunch of like unsolicited, like, Hey, what do you guys think about this? I'm not asking for people. I'll get like unsolicited messages being like, Oh, I had yeah. a nurse's plot in the seventies and I hated that dog. Yeah. You know? And then it's like, well, okay, I've got a running Walker and they're like, Oh, why would you get a running Walker? They're the most useless things in the entire world. And, you know, it's just, just yeah. like, it's, 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 everybody's got opinions about, everything and you're never ever going to find you're never going to do any something that everybody's going to be on board with is i've just kind of or i'm i'm at least not maybe you will find that secret formula for that but no it's uh so how old are those pups now because they're the pups you've got on the ground at the moment the juanita brother pups uh like three months old okay cool yeah yeah they're cool. ready to go 
I don't really know much the, so much. The funny thing about those pups is like we, we talked a little bit about it, like what people were going to say when, you know, that that whole thing went down. And, you know, if, but if you hadn't said anything, you I like you sent me some videos of that litter. You could have sold that whole litter as purebred plots and no one would have blinked. Like I, like I, like we were talking about a little bit before we cut there, uh, you know, you have a real, no matter what people say, you know, no matter how much you say, I don't care what people, everybody, everybody's just going to react to mm. it differently, you know? And I, and I got to be honest, I had a little bit of a, I had the cannons loaded, mm-hmm. you know, I had cannons loaded. Go ahead and tell me what to do with <laughs> right. my hands, you know, <laughs> cannons, cannons loaded. And I just, just sitting there, you know, waiting by the phone for the first comment, right. you know, you know what it makes me think of, you know, you, uh, you care a lot less what people thought of you if you realize how seldom they yeah. do. That, Cause I, you know, I, I really haven't heard anything. A word. <laughs> not, that I, not that I was willing to hear it or, or, or asked anybody's opinion, but yeah, it really hasn't been, really hasn't been the blowback. I kind of, I shouldn't say blowback or expected, but I think absolutely. You get yeah, from. I mean, because I mean, that's the darndest thing is that you can do things that you expect are going to give you you blowback, and you'll get nothing. Yeah, but when I when I f- who cares about old black bears? right? I mean, right? Basic, basically, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like who cares about who cares about bear over in Norway? But then things that I don't expect yeah. will give me any blowback whatsoever. Boy. People will just come out of the woodwork. They will just, they will just like, I'll hit, <laughs> I'll strike some nerve on some day. And, uh, yeah, the people, uh, the things I expect are going to prov- provoke people tend to not. And then the things that I'm like, ah, nobody's going to care. <laughs> it's like the things that people have a like visceral anger <laughs> reaction to. There was two things I wanted to make sure I didn't do with, the, with that litter. And it's not like I was trying to market them or make any money at all whatsoever. But, you know, there was two things I wanted to make sure I didn't do. I didn't want to make it look like I was using brother or Kirk's name because of his YouTube right. following, you know. It would have been, it was almost, well, no, I shouldn't say that. Half the messages I got were like, oh, my God, I love brother. And, you know, having a... Uh, Having the outreach that a YouTube channel can bring can bring just as much negative attention as it, as it can positive. Yeah. So I wanted to m- make sure it didn't look like I was trying to use it as a marketing right. ploy, using right. Kirk's name and YouTube channel. And number two, like you said about I could have said they were all plots. I wanted to make it very clear. I'm not trying to pull the wool over anybody's eyes. Everybody's getting a pedigree, even though that maybe the Kemp dogs don't come registered. I want a pedigree right. on you know, this, this is what this dog is. And if four generations from now, I could have one eighth Kemp and seven eighths plot. I would think that would be really cool. You know, I would love it to go that way. Or maybe this litter just goes away and none of them ever make it, you know, who knows, but, uh, but that's the fun thing though, is that you get these, you know, it's, the people that try, right? You know, it's it's that the the willingness to do, to think a little bit outside the box, and it you know, it it may be like it is for ninety percent of the people who actually think outside the box. 
that, you know, you never get anywhere. I've done a bunch of stuff that was like, oh, this is like reinvented the wheel. Why has nobody ever thought of this? And I've done it. And it's been like, oh, that's that's why nobody's ever admitted to actually doing this, because this was a fucking stupid idea. Pardon my language. You know, yeah. but it's yeah. it's yeah. it's one of those things where, you know, occasionally you'll just you'll do something that's. Uh, it's just golden. You know, it's like that we were talking about, uh, you know, Dub Evans. I'm reading the Slash Ranch Hounds for the bajillionth time. You know, mm -hmm. breeding that plot female to, or that plot, that plot dog to that running, uh, that running walker um, dog. And it produced that brownie litter that was the foundation for his entire kennel mm -hmm. for... I mean, the entire mm -hmm. time he was in hounds, mm -hmm. you know, and like this and like Eric over in Sweden, you know, I mean, what on paper, what uh, Doberman, Doberman and hound, like, why would you even do that? And it worked absurdly well. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. And he's. Yeah, he, he loves, he loves them. them and I love them. I mean, those dogs are yeah. amazing. Eric and I, uh, Eric and I messaged back and forth a little bit about that, you know, that breeding oh. and those litters. And, uh, how were they, how were they temperament wise with, you know, man aggression with humans? Unbelievable. They, I mean, just un, and, is that right? you know, I, I won't say that that's because it's, that's just how that, how they are eric has eric is an extremely eric is an extremely he seems like a tough dude well, right he's incredibly tough um you know he's got every bit as much grit as his hounds do but he's also an extremely intelligent trainer yeah um okay. having said that his dogs are there's, there's, I'm behaving because I'm supposed to behave. And then there's like the, I'm behaving because I, or, uh, I don't know. There's, there's a difference between a dog tolerating you because it's expected to tolerate you and a dog tolerating you because, or because it actually likes you. It wants it's to. actually like, it's like, okay. And Eric's dogs, he's he does such a good job training them. So even I think even if there was some man aggression there, I don't know that it would be allowed to come out necessarily. So that's why that's why I asked you. That's why I asked that question. So as we were messaging back and forth, I uh, I, I explained to him like we talked about my last podcast. I did not grow up in the country. I'm not from the country. I grew up in downtown mm. Pittsburgh, inner city. City of Pittsburgh address, south side of Pittsburgh, had a mm -hmm. paper route. There must have been eight dogs, eight Dobermans on my paper route, and I they literally terrorized <laughs> me. I got chased. I got harassed by them every day. I mean, I had nunchucks in my paper bag, mace. I mean, it was a constant battle for me as a you know eleven, twelve year old kid. It was like a <laughs> horror movie. I was terrorized by, and they were all That's Dobermans, awful. like you know, probably five or six different houses that had them. And I messaged that to uh, <laughs> to Eric, and I said, "I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry I can't get into your Doberman thing, but 
I have, I'm really traumatized <laughs> by that breed. You know, they terrorize me. And his message back, I would have to read it. But to paraphrase it, it was because you ain't tough enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to say that's what Eric said to me, but it was like, it, it, whatever yeah. he said, it emasculated me. I was like, damn, yeah. man. He's so you, much tougher than me. He got a whole pack of these uh, bitches, and I can't. I can't I mean, even it's, be around it's, them. It's amazing. It, it really is amazing. They're um, they're such nice dogs. But I, I think that you gotta, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to disrespect the dogs themselves, and say that they would be maniacs if Eric wasn't there because they're just they're they're just nice mm-hmm. dogs through and through. But at the same time, I don't want to disrespect mm-hmm. Eric's skills as a as a trainer because the uh you know what he's able to do with those dogs is really really remarkable i mean he's 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 got a control Mm -hmm. over those dogs that is unbelievable without them being like these browbeaten suck up sort of behind your back messing around type but you know they're not these sort of skulking wretches. They're these really well-adjusted, mm-hmm. nice dogs that just that mm-hmm. he is just able to get so much out of. It's 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 really really fun to watch. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, again, it's is kind of what we're talking about here. Is, is it's like that. It's a uh, amazing that that worked. Because it shouldn't, it shouldn't have, Mm -hmm. but he's now, you know, multiple generations in and, you know, multiple generations in and it's still, he's still producing what he's looking for, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's one of those things where, you know, the plot camp cross, you know, in 10 years, it may be a, a footnote in your career. Or, you know, it, mm. that's, the, that's what's fun about it. That's what's, I'm not saying this is what's going to happen, but it's what's fun about it is the potential. That's what's so fun with puppies is I did potential. A, they're, they're just potential embodied. You never know. I did a beagle breeding, uh, you know, not long before I ended up getting out of the beagles. And I guess it was... I'm trying to think. I think that was the only beagle breeding I ever did. Yeah, I only bred one litter of beagles ever. But I put a lot of thought into it, and I bred to a male that nobody had ever mm-hmm. bred to. Uh, he was like a 10-year-old one-eyed beagle, and I hunted with the, the sister and the daughter. I hunted with every female in that line of dogs, and I was just fascinated with them. I mean, they beat every every dog I had that were all out of world champions. Right. <laughs> like, they really beat me bad. But there's just an old man that lives up in Ohio. And I was just like, no, man, I'm going to set the beagle world on fire. People don't know. People don't know what this dog mm. can produce. And I did that breeding, 10 pups. And, uh, you know, beagles around six, eight months old, you should start, you should start really seeing yep. what they are. And nothing, absolutely nothing. I'm like, no, no, there's no way. Like, I know, I know what this breed is going to produce, you know? And, and, and at a year old, they were all just like, yeah, I don't know. It's a dog. It's okay. It's okay. And then in one week, I swear to God, this is the truth. In one week, 
about six, eight months later, you know, so they're like 18, 20 months older or whatever. And one week I got three phone calls. People said, this is the best beagle I've ever snapped a wow. leash on to. I don't, late starters, right. but I was like, I knew it. I absolutely knew right. it. You know yeah. I mean? I mean, it's, okay. I, you know, I, I think that when you're just starting out, you know, in a new with dogs or with, you know, with hounds in a new sport, whatever, I think there's something to be said for kind of hanging back, hunting as many different things as you possibly can. And if you like something, not then just being like, oh, well, I'm definitely a plot guy or I'm definitely a, you know, Halden hound guy or whatever. But being like, OK, I liked this. Are they all like this? And go and hunt with a bunch of other ones. Mm-hmm. And, you know, figure out what works for you, because, you know, it's it's one of those things where. You know, how many, you know, I'm, I, I tend to have a couple books going at the same time and I'm rereading Trained by a Hound Dog um, by Advance, where, you know, he had a yep. dog that was not, you know, multiple times he had dogs that were not exactly what he was looking for. Pretty close, but not 100%, or maybe he'd gotten him to a step farther, but then, you know, his pack had surpassed that original dog, you know, that kind of thing. Where he would move that dog on and the people would be like, that was the best dog. You know, that's the best dog I've ever had. And then he had also had multiple stories where he got adult dogs that other people didn't think were good enough that were just that he was able to bring out, you know, whatever. You know, the they they scratched whatever itch he had uh, at the time. And I've seen yeah. that so many and so many times in my in my experience, you know, in my time as a as a as a dog musher too, is my, you know, when I, when I retired from dog mushing, my two, my two lead dogs and the, actually the, a third one from the generation before that, they were all dogs that were, you know, slated to be put down by their previous owners because they just weren't, they they didn't think they were good enough because they had, Mm -hmm. you know, smaller, faster, good weather dogs and those, you know, these dogs were maybe a little heavier, a little bit bulkier, a little bit, you know, uh, just were not able to put on that top end speed. Um, you know, and they fit me like a glove and, you know, could way, way outperform those, the teams that they came from in the conditions that I liked that I, it was important to me to perform in. So it's, I, I think there's something to be said for just kind of figuring out what you want, taking that time to figure out what you want, and then just go with your gut. You know, mm-hmm. are you going to light the whole world on that. fire? Maybe not, but I, I, I'm betting, I'm betting that this litter that you've got now, uh, I would be surprised to hear that they ended up just being complete, complete duds for you. I think there's something to be said for too. I used to say this back when I was uh, competing in a uh, night hunt, you know, mm-hmm. coon hound competitions, something to be said for what dogs do you have when you figure it out? Right. Cause I said, that may not be the best line of coon hounds, but it just so happened to be the line of dogs I had when I figured it out. Right. You know what I mean? So, so that could be the case, you know, with a lot of dogs, with a lot of yeah, people. No, yeah. absolutely. 
And it's, you know, it's, it's kind of where my head is at right now, because, you know, you and I have talked quite a bit about these, the pups you have, and, you know, Eric has these great crosses and, you know, I've got uh, a dog that I really, really like. I, I like Vitby. I really do. She's she's got a lot of stuff, especially as mm-hmm. she's aged. I think part of it is that we've just kind of gotten her over some of the demons that she came to me with. But I think part of it too is that she's actually slowed down, just as you know, as we all do as we age, and it's become a little bit more deliberate. So she's gotten a colder nose. She's a she's she's not messing up like she used to when she was a pup. And, you know, she's bringing a lot to the table that I like. And I also, I know, I know multiple, I know some of her puppies from the last litter that she had. I know multiple, uh, several of her siblings and then a bunch of puppies, you know, that are out of her siblings. And I know her father who is, I mean, legendary over here. And I think you have a bit of another advantage that uh, another trait that you don't have to select for as you're thinking about doing that kind of breeding is saying you don't have to lose the tree or you don't have to worry mm. about the tree. Because there's just some really, you know, really nice uh, running walkers mm. around here. But but I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't lose the locating ability. I couldn't lose the tree. That's why I went to, if I wasn't Kemp, I was going to try to go, I was really going to try to go South Texas Bobcat Mm. dogs. Mm. I was going to try to go Cody King or the Dro Brayman dogs, some kind of, you know, running walker with treeing ability. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's not like an issue I have. Even the lynx here, most of the time, they're not going to tree. You know, they they will Mm -hmm. do it, but, you know, occasionally... But, you know, the two times, the two times that I've seen Vitby like fully opened up screaming along and then suddenly have a loss that that I just could not explain. I went in and found the fox had actually a red fox, but it climbed a tree, had climbed up into a into like a mountain spruce, like those little scraggly things. And, you know, she ran around that tree a bunch and then just ended up like eh, coming back to me she could not figure it out that dog has no treeing ability whatsoever but mm-hmm. you know at the same time mm-hmm. um that's i i agree with you there that i i that's not a that's not something that i need because mm-hmm. the only time the treeing ability you know the of all the foxes I've run over the years, that's happened twice. You know, if mm-hmm. every five years I lose two foxes because they've climbed, I can live with that statistic. Even if you had a dog with the instinct for it, if you're only, you know, going to come treat twice every right. five years. It's, it's like, do I want to, yeah. do I want to put in the effort to, include that in my breeding program for those two foxes or do I want to focus on, you know, sort of whittling down my criteria to sort of key things and breed on those Mm -hmm. key things that sort of make a bigger difference to me, you know, and it's so I'm playing with the idea 
at this point of maybe doing, um, yeah, doing a slash ranch blackbeard mm-hmm. kennel type of deal. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, I think Brett, Brett Vaughn and, uh, Brett and, uh, Cody beat me to it a little bit. They're one of the ones that got me on it. Yeah. You know, they've done, they've been messing around yep. a little bit, chasing different. Oh, things, sure. So. I mean, a, a bunch of people have too, you know, it's same, same, but different. Yeah. They're not the first, we're not the first it's, ones. To but the funny it. thing is, is that those are the, uh, those guys are on the East are on the West coast. It's, mm-hmm. it's one of those funny things where it, it's really rare that it happens over here that they'll do those, mm-hmm. those mixed, mixed breed hounds. Everybody mm-hmm. wants the papers. Everybody wants mm-hmm. to be able to go to bench shows and things like that, which, you know, more power to them. I don't get, I don't, I don't like doing that kind of stuff. It's just not my deal. Um, mm-hmm. I've done it. I just, I don't, I don't enjoy it, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, you talk to the, I talk to people from, yeah, BC or, you know, way out West and, you know, lion hunters and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I've taught, I've had anybody on the podcast that hunts like lions out West that hunts purebred, purebred dogs, maybe a blue mm-hmm. tick guy that, that could be. Yeah. But otherwise it's like, you know, Becky DeWire's got, Lot, dry ground, dry ground lion hounds with mixed with beagles. You know, it's like Brett Vaughn has, mm-hmm. you know, um, some mixes, and it's. I just don't see it as often in, and maybe I've just not hit come into contact with the right guys. You know, I know like George Lambert has kind of a mixed. He does his own thing, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's big West Virginia, Virginia. It's a lot of great dogs yeah. down there. Uh, not to go down another rabbit hole, but it's, as you talk about out west and paper dogs, this is a real rabbit hole. But it's something I've always mm. thought was interesting. Uh, Warner Glenn, I'm, I'm, I'm a Warner Glenn oh. fan. I love uh, Warner who's, Glenn. Who's story. not a Warner Glenn? But when fan, you talk about, I'm seriously like, <laughs> yeah. Who, yeah, if you're not a Warner Glenn friend, right? You're no if you're not a Warner Glenn. Glenn fan, then we really are not going to have much to talk about. I don't think we're going to have much in common. <laughs> But as much as the out west, and I, I guess it would just be you know selective breeding over years and years. I guess I know the answer to my own question. I just think it's interesting. He started with competition coonhounds. Everybody nowadays is like, yeah, they bring him competition dogs out here, and they're too hot nosed, and it's a joke. And uh, Warner started with Houses Bali, uh, Finley River. Is it Finley River Chief? Now I sound like an idiot. Yeah, Finley River. I want to say Chief, but yeah. He started out with uh, a lot of competition coonhounds, which I thought that was is interesting. interesting. I just talked to a guy. Actually, it was the last podcast. We're recording this one on Wednesday, and last Friday I had a podcast come out with Jesse Medina from yeah, 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 yeah it's good. Super interesting, interesting dude, and his father ran purebred plots. For a bunch of years, plots. bunch of years, yeah. like he was, mm-hmm. like well, r- pretty well known plot breeder out there. And Jesse mm-hmm. and his brother just wanted something a little, you know, wanted something different. So they brought in some different, you know, some different stuff and kind of 
did a little bit like what we're talking about, kind of, you know, decided to just go go their own road and figure out what they wanted. And um, mm-hmm. but he was talking, you know, I, I was interested be- in it because he was talking about, you know, he does the he does the lions, he does the the bear. But he was talking about, you know, all some of the dogs that he's got, some of the, you know, genetic material that he's got, you know, they've gone to the East Coast to get. And that was interesting to me. Okay. I forget what he was saying about yeah, that. Yeah, he was, uh, he was saying, I believe he was talking about Maryland. I believe he's got some dogs maybe from there, from that area. Okay. Okay. And, um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting to me because, you know, I know, I, I see pr- fairly frequently a, th- a frequent theme on these. And I, I promise people you don't need to, you don't need to turn this podcast off. I'm not going to rant against social media again. I've done that enough. A frequent theme on social media on these dog on these dog, uh, you know, these hound sites is, um, people claiming that, oh, you're dry, you're dry ground lion dogs, you know, come out here to the laurel thickets and your dogs would be completely useless. And then you get the opposite, you know, the guy that's like, oh, bring those Eastern hounds over here and they'd be, they'd be dead within a day, you know, like, like just sort of absurd, absurd things that people say that maybe have a, an aspect of truth to them, but it's, it's, it is interesting to me because I, I asked Jesse about it and, you know, he was saying that he, he felt like those dogs had, a, you know, definitely had an adjustment period, but after, you know, a certain amount of time, they just kind of, they just kind of adjusted. They, they, you know, they audibled and just settled into a different way of doing things. But like you took your dogs, you took your, your pack out West yeah. Out to Nevada. That's awesome. But I, w- I wouldn't call that a serious attempt, though. I, I, another attempt mm. will be made. That was a that was a preemptive strike, <laughs> I would say. Uh, <laughs> I had to pick up. I had to pick up my son from. Uh, you know, I won't say where in Nevada, but yeah, I had to go pick him up, bring him home mm-hmm. from the military, and uh, so it was kind of. It was just you know two and a half days of messing around for a few hours in the morning it's pretty cool though uh, it, it was a, it was a it was a goal yeah it was, and i and i and a shout out steve Bourne, you know uh, a local fella <laughs> out there in town and i mean it, i was just dumbfounded by how welcoming he was you know stay at my house put the dogs in the kennel you know i'm like no but you know if you could just point me in the right direction you know that would be just mm-hmm. more than enough that would be amazing you know running about as 90 percent public ground but i would like to know just let me know i'm in lion country and i'll be happy with that let my plots go right. poke around and run an envelope <laughs> you know and i mean he, he, he just broke out maps and go here go here That's go cool. here go here go here That's and i was cool. just it was it was an amazing amazing connection amazing uh I guess part of the houndsman community, the kind of people that are much bad as you hear. Uh, There's so many. People. And th- that's something, you know, we, t- we, it's something I think that's easy to forget. You know, we talk yeah. about the bad eggs. We talk about, you know, that we've got an image problem, which we, I mean, we, we do, we do, but 
there's so many great people. I've met so many cool people um, in the hound hunting in the hound hunting world, and so many people who are asking the questions to learn to 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 try to do things at the absolute peak level. You know, it's it's like people people who are motivated to do the best that they can do because they're aware of the fact that if they that that super super high performance the price you pay for that super high performance is going to be the the training and care and I, I, I love that. Mm -hmm. It's one of the, my favorite parts about the Houndsman community is that there's so there's so many people are still, I mean, even super, super, uh, I mean, legendary figures in the Hound community, like, like, you know, like you talked about, will be like, they'll ask, you know, what, what do you feed your dogs or what do you, what do you do with your dog? You know, it's, it's, it's this there's this great humbleness amongst the absolute majority of houndsmen. You still get that, you know, narcissistic dickhead. Mm -hmm. But I, I found that, mm -hmm. the, that people are just, people in the hound community are just, they're just salt of the earth um, to a large degree. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's cool. I'm excited about this litter that you've got there. <clears throat> I think they're going to be, uh, I'm excited to see what they turn into. I think, um, most importantly, as far as that litter goes, I think I really got some in good hands. Yeah. That, 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 that's, that's the number one factor right there. You know, <laughs> boy, that's the, that's the truth. That is the truth. I, I got some in the hands. I offered I offered a few to some people. I really wanted to have them, but uh, I, I couldn't get, you know, I couldn't get Warner Glenn to take one. I'm just kidding. But I offered some to a few people, like a few people, you know, catching 150, 200 bears a year. You know, I would love to see see a few of them in the hands of people like that. But I think I got some in some really good. That's hands. awesome. I got some in Michigan. I got some in New York. I got some in West Virginia. I got uh, a, you know, mostly yep. bear hunters, and I'm real happy cool. with where they went. That's awesome. So, 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 so we'll know yeah, how they make. That's it. That's awesome. Keep me posted on that. I really want to, you know, this this female I'd like to breed. She comes into heat once every, you know, blue moon. It's like her and Haley's comet. It's kind of a toss up who's going to show up next. Mm -hmm. But uh, I like the. I am gravitating more and more towards the the plot grade the grade plots. You know the the yeah the <clears throat> the plot with a little bit of Like a, a a real fine boned plot, I'd be all over. Mm -hmm. I'd be all over that. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe that's what we're going to try to make. Maybe. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Mine will be back here chasing smiles. Yep. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But uh, I guess we're at about holy, holy mole. I can't believe we've been talking for almost two hours. That's unbelievable. That's yeah, awesome. I saw that. So, well, I appreciate you coming on again, Stefan. I really do. It's always fun to talk to you. No problem, man. It was it was good to talk to you. We do talk plenty through uh, DM PM, but uh, we just we just went through about six months worth of PMs. Oh, more week. than that, I guess. La- we just yeah. talked from new puppies to the fur the new puppies out of that I'm, new puppies. Just, yeah. No, I'm saying that would have been a hell, hell that conversation would have been a hell of a lot of typing. So. Covered, covered a lot, a lot of ground. ground I'm sure we'll be back at it probably tomorrow, most likely. Yeah. But, but yeah, yes, sir. Well, we'll uh, let's uh, let's see what those pups do and sit down and have another good conversation. Sounds good. I thank you. Anytime, for brother. Me, Anytime. Appreciate it. All right. See you later. All right. Man, I love that sound.